I guess let's get into it. Okay. Good morning, Kaylin. Morning. Happy su- Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I heard happy someone Sunday. say happy Blur's Day because every day kind of blurs together now. Oh, yeah. that's t- terrifying and very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and good morning to you, other guests of the podcast for the first time. Let me <laughs> introduce. We have Diego La Mano. Hello, hello. Uh, very bad pronunciation of a last name, but that's okay. That's fine. What what could you expect from me? And then we also have Gabriela Parada. Hi. Yeah, that was that was okay pronunciation. It's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Practicing my R's. So um, Cam, maybe you want to explain who these people are to us, uh, and then we'll let them do some intros. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it um so yeah i kind of randomly a couple days ago probably after a coffee thought to myself that we should consider having our partners on the podcast a little partner podcast because you know is uh gabby just uh she just graduated from a a coding boot camp and uh diego you also know how to code (laughs) and i was like man that just sounds like a, a good episode right there. And so here we are. So why don't you both tell us just a quick little bit about yourselves at the exact same time? Go. No, Diego, you go ahead and start. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm a software developer at Ecovy. Um, I've done most of my life uh, this. Uh, did computer science back home. And yeah, I moved to Canada and I just... Keep coding. That's like basically what I do. Now my latest uh, thing, I've been working on API, so a little bit uh, far from what I started, which is, was mo- mostly front-end. Uh, but yeah, it's been very interesting transition. So learning a lot. And yeah, that's it. That's cool. And Gabby, what what you been up to? Not a lot. <laughs> Uh, so as Kat mentioned previously, uh, last Friday, I completed a coding bootcamp. Uh, previously to that, I worked in the art business for about five years. Um, mid-2019, I found myself not very happy with what I was doing. Um, so I took a couple of uh, part-time classes uh, and then just made the decision to maybe transition into uh, full-time learning how to code uh, to hopefully pursue a career in coding. Yeah. Wow. Pretty fresh. Just Friday that you finished that course, eh? Yep. Pretty fresh. That's cool. So Gabby, I know that your boot camp w- camp was meant to be like full time in person and your boot camp was starting kind of at the time that we all became quarantined. So I gather you did the majority of it from home. I think it'd be interesting to speak a little bit about how you found that, especially because there's probably a ton of people who might be in similar circumstances and you were likely one of the first people to do it. Uh, yeah, so uh, we did three weeks uh, in class. And then after that, the whole COVID-19 happened. And we actually took a break for three weeks while they figured out how to sort of move the classes online. Um, and I got to say, I really have to give it to them. Like the experience was pretty much the same as it was in the classroom in terms of uh, um in terms of um, content and in terms of like the energy that the instructors brought to every lesson. 
Uh, but it definitely was challenging, especially because being at home just means that you're way more distracted. Uh, and, you know, like Cam is also here and he's on calls every day. And then I'm just trying to, you know, be in class. And, and it's just really hard to sort of uh, find a middle ground, I guess, where both of us can, you know, go throughout their day. Um, but um, yeah, I was actually very impressed with how they handle all of this and also impressed with myself and uh, just being able to actually, you know, concentrate on everything that I was doing. Um, I didn't think that online learning was my thing, uh, but I did it and, and it was great. Awesome. I think too, yeah, like it kind of, you know, I, I had even suggested before taking this, like you could also just try taking some courses online, but there's kind of the accountability aspect that, uh, I don't know, you get with other people signing on. Kaylin kind of, you know, reminds me of like the work gym that we've previously talked about before where you kind of sign on and everyone's there. They're all engaged and, you know, uh, even more than, than the work gym because you're actually like speaking with one another and working on projects together. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know, from an outside or like, you know, outside perspective, seeing her do this course, it was really interesting to see how they went about it um, and what that shift was as well. And just seeing like, yeah, I, d I don't know, like what a group project looks like from, uh, you know, when you're doing it from a distance. And honestly, it's probably for the best that they did this program remote because like there may be a lot of positions that are going to be going remote. Uh, and so like if they hadn't adapted, then, you know, say you get into the job market and then, you know, there's not a lot of, in-person positions that are you know start with like you already have some of that experience working on these projects with other people being able to learn from others and do pair programming remote so i think that's uh yeah been i don't know really interesting to see and it almost prepares you more for the current environment like you said where everyone is working remote to be able to say well like i've done that and i've been proficient at it so is that your focus right now gabby you're kind of gearing into the whole job search um right now uh, so that will be starting this week. Uh, we actually have something called Career Labs, which basically they go through your resume to your LinkedIn. They go through your portfolio. Just make sure that everything is polished uh, before they sort of like put you out there in the world. Uh, but that will be coming uh, very soon. And I'm open to whatever that may be, whether that's, you know, like a full-time position or a part-time position, uh, contract work. I mean, anything that comes my way, I'm sort of open to that. Awesome. And so... Cam and Diego, you've both uh, gone through getting your first developer jobs here and, and coming from different backgrounds. But do you have any um, words of wisdom for Gabby or anything around maybe getting first jobs or continued learning after you finish um, formal schooling if you did that? Um, yeah, I guess like my situation was not that different uh, than Gabby as like as a as a software developer from another country. It's a. Uh, uh, almost like a recommendation any sort of credential that you have it's not an actually like something that most people will validate like oh yeah you come from this university so they all automatically will trust you uh so i think you need to prove yourself uh there's gonna be a lot of people that are probably gonna open the door for you after you do that kind of like first uh phone call uh but honestly it's during the interview process and during you your coding kind of like challenge where they're gonna see if you're valuable because this industry it, i would say it's like a it's like a bless and also a curse like you will get jobs because you are very qualified and you might not have a credential 
And also you have the other side of the story, which like a lot of people get really good opportunities just because they come from a specific university. So I'll say just like, yeah, gear up for the uh, interview process. It can be draining, time consuming, and sometimes depressing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's like, there's a lot of opportunities in this city. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to find something. Yeah, even now there still seems to be quite a few people hiring, though we'll have to see how the, you know, how many of those are uh doing junior positions kind of like are set up for for starting new grads, but I know Gabby's already mentioned that there are some people who are landing jobs out of the previous batch, so that's a, at least a good sign. Uh yeah, for me, I would say, you know, cuz you've been here for a while, like use your network as much as as you can for that too in that like I've already said this, you know, off the off air, but like, yeah, just anyone that you see uh, on LinkedIn that you have a connection with at, at a company that has a job posting, just like reach out to them and say like, hey, I'm thinking of like applying to this job. Um, can you recommend me or can you just, you know, see if this can get onto the recruiter's desk in some way? And a lot of these companies will have like a bonus for the employee who's internal who for doing the recommendation if the person gets hired so it's kind of a win-win in that sense is like uh you know it's not like you're just asking them for a favor they're actually like gonna benefit often from it so um so like and, and just going back to how i got my first job was through a friend and then like i'm pretty sure every other job that i got after uh except for yeah not my last one at, at Luca, but like you know, there's always been some sort of element of like a, a personal connection there. How about you, Kale? And I know not directly in de in development, but uh, I think you have a, a lot of savviness towards the job hunt. Um, I think it's like what you said is generally my strongest point of recommendation is just don't be shy in reaching out to people. I say that from both sides of it, being the person reaching out and the person that people reach out to. Um, if people are bold enough to just ask me to set up a phone call, I always do it. Um, and, and they can be the most obscure connections, but because somebody that I like has asked me to do it on their behalf, I always do. Um, also because I think it's, um, it's something that I appreciated that people did for me when I was younger and I had questions and, you know, I was a little bit, um, yeah, more naive to like, how do you get a job? Um, what are the skills that I need to get there? And, um, I've also just had, I've had great success with just being bold and reaching out to people. I found like, I know when I worked at click, I just went ahead and just emailed the vice president. Um, why? I don't know, but I did it and he didn't talk to me, but he sent my resume to HR, which I mean like that worked out because if the VP is sending your resume to HR, like you're probably going to get an interview. Um, so I don't think that's always the path to go, but it's the one that I took. Um, but also, yeah, leading on your network. I mean, the job that I have now is a result of cam and then Diego. Um, introducing me to the right people and then from there yeah it's just it, it you're kind of on your own in the interview process but those initial connections are really really worth something um and then i would just say like continued learning which i think uh cam and diego you're also like you know well versed in the amount of work that goes into like continuing to build your skills and and keep them relevant and learn new things and apply them um in our jobs is especially important um in the work that we do because things are changing so much and i think maybe even more so on the development side than than the work that i do but it goes for both well and yeah diego you've done some interviewing in 
you know, interviewing developers, maybe even for more junior positions. Is there anything that you would look out for specifically for kind of like someone starting out that you, I don't know, kind of puts them a level up or, um, you know, that um, can give them a, a fighting chance in this? Yeah, totally. Uh, I think uh, obviously when you find someone junior or not junior, that they demonstrate that they have like a skill set like above, that's an obvious like, oh, this person is good. But just like, be really good. <laughs> yeah, just, just be good. That's it. Um, no, but I think specifically for the juniors, uh, one thing that I pay a lot of attention is that, that you know, like drive to like, I want to learn. I want to become better. I'm here knowing that um, there's going to be a lot of people that might know more than me, but they're not like afraid to speak their, their opinion. They're not afraid to, you know, like bring something to the table at the same time to say, hey, I do not get that. Um, so I think when I've had those interviews with more junior developers, every single one that I've been like, I feel like you're not quite there for what we need, but I'm more than happy to give you the chance. It's been like the, the, the people that have shown that I, I, want to, I want to learn. I've been pushing really hard. Like, you know, I've been learning. It's not like I, I came to this interview knowing nothing, but like there might be some flaws, but you know that this person, it's, it has a drive. They want to, and yeah, like then your personal skills. So I, a lot of that, uh, what you will call probably like soft skills. I think they're like super, super important in a junior developer uh, because it will give that the mentor the, oh, I can mentor this person. I see material. Yeah, and what about red flags that you would look out for in, uh, you know, in that process? Is there anything that you see that you might see that would be like, oh, no, that, that's like just not going to work here? Yeah, um, I think there is always an aspect of like team mechanics and that goes across the board for any side of like developer, if you're a junior or not. So if I feel that there is not like a cultural, uh, like, you know, alignment, uh, probably you're not going to be picked, but that's on, on a case to case, depending on the squad that you're going to be working on. Uh, and I think at the personal level, it's probably like a combination of the opposite side of the story of everything that I said before. When you find someone that like does not handle uh, like constructive criticism like very well, that is afraid to say something, that like someone that maybe like they made a mistake and they're like, oh yeah, well I did the mistake because I forgot that and it's an excuse. It's not trying to figure out how like how is that they got into that mistake. So when you find those uh, kind of like behaviors. Is when you see like I I'm trying to I try to like normally stay away from those developers because I feel that they're gonna be either or they're still very shy to I'm a junior and I'm not ready to like learn or they're just like their ego is so high that I'm like they're not letting themselves to fail to be able to learn uh, and that's something that no matter how high you're in your career I'm now in a new position and guess what everyone's around me is probably smarter than me and I'm just like well. Time to like, you know, go back to that like junior developer seat and start learning. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I I think it's our friend Marcel has his like Twitter profile as like junior dev for life or something. And it's like, I, I like that uh, because it kind of like just shows that you're like always trying new things. You're throwing yourself into like positions that you're not comfortable in. 
and and yeah like it, it can be a challenge in in that way but it's so easy to get comfortable just doing things that you're um maybe really good at so it was seeing i i love seeing yeah people that are open to a new challenge uh and that are like you said have that either drive or you know i'll i'll say passion i know some people kind of like may rag on that word but um i think it comes in different forms of just seeing that someone is you know interested in the work they want to grow they have like a growth mindset i guess um and then like kind of red flags that i I would look out for are just maybe a bit of dishonesty or like masking their abilities uh you know you'll see it sometimes where um yeah you know try to fake some answers or just saying things that are you know it's easy to see through that you don't know it. Like I'd rather hear that you don't know it and you're willing to learn it rather than just like um, trying to make something up on the spot, especially at those lower levels. Uh, I mean, you know, some, some of those things are just unfortunately, you know, it's such a big mental model, all this programming stuff that maybe you learn something one way and you've just, you know, thought it was, that's how it is. And then, so you go around living like that. I've had programming concepts like that where I, I'm thinking something is one thing. And then like years later, I'm like, oh, that's not at all it. I just like never bothered to look into that term, you know, like, um, like a, a variadic function, you know, you're like, I don't know. I just have this like, uh, idea in my head what that means. But then when, you know, you finally go and like say it in the right uh, in the wrong context or something, someone points it out and you grow from that. Um, I think that kind of speaks a bit to, you know, don't be afraid to, to make some mistakes. And if someone, you know, calls you out on it, then just say, Oh, like, you know, that's great. I want to learn what the real way is. Cause like, uh, ideally we're all in this kind of path to, to be growing and learning. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, totally. I think with interviews too, Provided that you have like a, a nice interviewer and like a fairly chill person, I, I try to treat it as more of a conversation than an interview because I think that everyone feels more comfortable and you can get a lot more out of it. But with that being said, like the amount of questions that I had no idea what the answer were in my most recent interview was like quite high, but I just happened to be being interviewed by a person that there was no right answer to the question. It was really like, we just want to know what you think. Like, what would you do? And they were like, they were tough questions such that for some of them, I was like, I think this, but I genuinely don't know. And I think that honesty, like, I don't know, it provides a certain level of like personability, like that you're, you're not afraid to say that you don't know something and that you would figure it out, I think um, is important. And also just keeping in mind that like, yeah, getting something wrong in the interview is is really not the bad thing. It's almost about how you approach not knowing an answer or um, um, yeah, or, or like the resourcefulness you put around um, answering a question when you don't know the answer or like the steps that you might take to, to figure that out. With that being said, obviously there's a certain level of competence that people are looking for, but if you deal with not knowing um, questions quite badly, it doesn't fare very well. Um, yeah. That's what I've, I've gathered in my time interviewing anyways. Um, but mine don't necessarily always have the same technical component um, that yours do. They're generally a different kind of case study. One thing that also just that reminded me of is like, making sure to ask good questions. And even if that's like a predefined list of questions that you have at the end, that just shows like that you're on top of what you're, you're on top of it and that you, uh, you know, 
care about this and if you can ask more detailed questions that are like i don't know it, it doesn't all have to be at the end either like if you're asking questions like throughout like you said treating it like a conversation ongoing and you know there have been interviews that i've had where i've been interviewed and i'm asking questions through the end or through throughout the interview and then at the end it's like any questions it's like now i think it's like pretty clear that we were asking questions all throughout this time and so um sometimes you have that good rapport going in the interview but if if you if it's a more structured interview then maybe that doesn't um come up like that or maybe you do have you know i would say make sure you have a checklist of like what are you expecting in a job that you're looking for what are you like trying to aim for and make sure that you have this list because it's going to help you recognize like the best fit for for what you're looking for so you know don't just see interviews as like an opportunity for um i might go make some money but also trying to find like the right fit for you the you know you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you and i truly believe that like i i've you know taken a ton of interviews and there have been a bunch where i've just been like no this is you know i'm glad i did the interview but like not really interested in following through anymore so yeah, yeah and then maybe just do a bunch of interviews too like i think they're gonna set you up for that um a bit but making sure that you can just like set yourself up on going with interviews. I always found it helpful to have like multiple irons in the fire. Is that even a term? I think it is. Um, you <laughs> Marcel know. will tell us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's always good to have like multiple going on so that you can kind of, um, you know, if one burns out, you're not just like all your eggs are in that basket. So many, so many terms I'm using. So it's really all mixing together. Fair. Um, <laughs> yes end of sentence so i was thinking like we all have had different things going on recently like cam you've started an, an empire diego <laughs> you started a new job gabby you finished boot camp i'm i'm curious to hear like what's like one thing in the past couple of weeks that you've accomplished like in these new adventures that um you're proud of or has been really cool um i think that could be interesting to explore maybe we want to start with uh cam yeah, sure. So I think, you know, there's a ton of stuff in this project that I've done uh, previously, like the coding and stuff. But really what I've been proud of uh, mostly is being able to um, to go back to some more marketing stuff and also just like general business entrepreneur kind of uh, things that I, I haven't done. So one of, I guess, yeah, the past two weeks, my goals were kind of to like set ourselves up as a as a company i'm working with a couple other people on this and had to go through like corporation registration and you know trying to figure out how you set up a shareholders agreement and like all this stuff that like i don't know if you asked me like a couple months ago just sounds like oh yeah no way i'm gonna i feel like you need to hire a lawyer to do all that for like you know a, a arm and a leg but really when you dive into it you see that it's just like any other task you just start looking into it dissecting it like piece by piece and then going after it and like kind of like setting all those tasks and then you know two weeks later i'm like chipped off all those uh little tasks and like and uh feeling pretty good about that you know it just opens the door for like whatever i do next i'll i'll already have that experience under my belt so you know you haven't done anything uh, or like it can be scary to do something, especially th for the first time. 
And I was definitely feeling a lot of that. It kind of feels like imposter syndrome, you know, walking into a bank asking to set up a corporate bank account. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you feel like you're, you know, just like, you know, just a, a kid like pretending like, yeah, or something. Walking into yeah. the LCBO with like your fake ID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you walk out and you have a new bank card and you have a corporate bank card and you're like, well, that that's super easy you know <laughs> it's, awesome yeah so that that's me what about you gabs uh, <laughs> uh well i'm definitely proud of you know completing my bootcamp but i think um that one of the things that i'm the most proud will be understanding some of the more advanced concepts that were a bit like way over my head like three months ago um, because I do have to say it was so challenging and it definitely, um, I don't know, uh, it, 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 like I'm, I've always been a fast learner. Um, I learn things really, really quick. So when you hit a wall and all of a sudden you're like, nope, I don't understand that. And it doesn't like, you know, you look at it over and over again and you go through it over and over again and you just don't understand it like it really takes a toll on you and on your self-esteem and you think like this is not for me so I think I'm really proud of you know like sort of like pushing through that because now when I look back I'm like whoa like you did it and I know that this is going to happen so much in this career because as you guys mentioned before it is continuous learning that you never stop uh, and I think that really taught me that, you know, when you don't know anything, it is going to be frustrating, but just like pushing through it. Yes, that's the only way that you can get through it. But I also think that another thing I learned through this is that you really need to take care of yourself, like your mental health. Make sure that you are taking breaks and make sure that you're eating. Make sure that, you know, that you're getting enough sleep. Like this was really, really intense uh, and for the first couple of weeks, like I was trying to be super productive and I was trying to just be like, yes, I want to do my homework in three days, even though I have seven days to complete it, uh, which really led to like just being burned out and just not having enough energy uh, to go to class and stuff like that. So definitely just pushing through uh, obstacles and, you know, taking care of yourself. Cool. Is there anything specifically that you built that is really cool or that we can see or share with people or what does that look like? Yeah, so I think my React project is definitely what I'm <laughs> really proud of. I actually I built a database uh, using Firebase that has uh, some of the most common houseplants. It's about 50 plants and you can uh, look at tips on how to take care of your plants. So watering schedules, like when you should repot them, like uh, what's the temperature your house needs to be at. So I'm really proud of that. Um, and I can we can definitely share that on the show notes. Yeah, cool. she's been working on a portfolio, right? Too. So yeah. you're gonna have that up and ready soon. So yeah, maybe push that up, share it with you guys. Yep, for sure. And Diego? Yeah, I don't know if I have like anything that I'm proud right now with my switch because uh, it's it's very fresh. I'm still I'm still in that mode that just Gabby mentioned. Uh, it's a lot of learning. It's a lot of hitting the walls. I feel like when you're like starting this career, you feel like, well, I don't know this. This is just part of the process. But when you have been coding for seven, eight years or more, and then you keep hitting the same walls, it, you like you said, you need to be okay doing it. Uh, I think for my case, because I did a, a, a very big switch and I'm going into a team that is like very well oiled machine. 
So it feels like, wow, I'm not productive at all. Uh, but it's just part of the learning. And the team is very supportive. It was like, this is normal. Actually, you're learning pretty fast. So uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's been complicated, but like it's been super rewarding as, like, as the learning experience. And I'm actually super happy with the switch. I think it was exactly what I needed uh to like just like get into a new challenge uh before just so like i guess the listeners know i was more in the in the e-commerce side that we just launched a massive massive project that we finished for the company that i'm super proud of but it was something that i was just like i already felt like i know every single corner of this project i'm good i'm i'm happy to move away uh so that's why i'm like this uh new challenge feels so good but at the same time it's it's black and white i came from a situation where i knew everything and i built a project from the ground up until it was completely shipped uh to a project where it's already in production and i didn't build anything and it's massive and i know nothing about it so it's uh yeah i guess like yeah you can be in in the overnight you can just completely switch the way that you that you feel about your job and and it's not a bad thing. It's just it's just part of the same cycle, I guess. Are there yeah. any like cool new areas where you've learned something? Like any like any new systems that you're taking on, or what does that look like for you? Totally, yeah. Like uh, I've been uh, diving deep into uh, Kubernetes and like how to like manage clusters and like infrastructure, uh, especially like microservice and like reactive infrastructures. Uh, and I've been the person kind of in charge when i say kindness because i still need a lot of support from my team uh to handle the authentication of our services so the that whole branch that deals with auth zero and our legacy authentication is something that i've been diving deep as part of like a microservice owner of our entire network so yeah it's is a lot of learning on that but like it's very it's been super super interesting to learn about those two things uh yeah <coughs> And yeah, Kubernetes is enough to make anyone feel uh, kind of, you know, like a junior developer again. As soon as you dive into that, that stuff can really just like blow your mind. And uh, yeah, I, what you're kind of saying reminds me so much of when I went from Ecobee, you know, also on that same e-commerce team because we were on the same team together before. And then kind of going into more of a full stack position where it was... Um, you know, I think there's also a bit of a challenge there in that you're almost hinting at is like you're, you know, you knew that project in and out and you're a senior dev on the team that you could like speak to anything and how to do those things in the project. And then maybe you come onto this new project that is like you just haven't seen any of it. So you don't know the code base, but also you want to feel like you're still able to give like senior advice and be a you know senior contributor but you really do have to throw yourself into those junior shoes for quite some time i think when you go into a position like that and i i felt like you know just a lot of uh angst about that when i joined onto that new team and was in these back end environments and was expect i was hired on as a a senior and there are people that kind of knew everything there way way better than i did and it you know it was just like what you know you get a bit of uh imposter syndrome in a in a case like that if um you know and i think part of it though is you're you know you're a senior and you will learn quickly and i think you'll like take those learnings and and get to a level where 
maybe you have a really great understanding of what what the system is and what the team dynamic is and like all those things that come from that time in the field uh, as opposed to just like I don't know being there from the beginning of the project uh, so you know over a little bit of time you'll probably get to a point where you're going to be like flying through contributions and really understand everything about it yeah i think what you mentioned is very interesting which is true is the 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 whole change in dynamics it's something that i've been trying to like figure out what's my role in this team like how do i fit in this equation uh because there is already developers there that are like senior and they know what they're doing so i need to figure out how what can i bring to the table even when i don't know the technical part yet uh, and that's something that I've been working a lot to like make sure that like if I can help the team in some sort of a way with my learnings, with my other side of the story, uh, that is a completely different view to what the team is used to, uh, can can that be helpful and beneficial? Um, and I think the other part is like for me, there is like there's not even like a full stack in this thing. This is, there's no UI. Like I haven't deployed a UI in like months at this point. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's interesting to kind of like do that mental shift that like, oh, you deploy, you, you have a win and it's just, oh yeah, there's a new endpoint. Amazing. <laughs> so it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's like, it's definitely a, a learning experience and like, you just need to like, yeah, I think I'll lean on, on Gabby's point of like mental health, like you need to take care of yourself to make sure that you can then come tomorrow and provide the best of you to the team. Uh, because you don't do anything, just burning yourself and like feeling like unproductive and like, oh, I cannot get this. Uh, because tomorrow's another day and like, yeah, and hopefully you're gonna have a good team. That it, it's my case as well. That's like, that you feel like, yeah, they're like happy with like, oh, yeah, sure, don't worry. It's okay, tomorrow we'll finish it or something like that. It's, uh, it's, it's good to, to have that support. Um, just, one more thing that it reminded me of uh, is like, I remember being in those shoes and of kind of like being very, uh, I don't know, out of out of my comfort zone. And a lot of what I did end up contributing on where you're like finding where your um, role is in a team where there's already people who understand the project so well is like, I remember doing like really extensive code reviews and really like more just like making sure we're documenting process properly. And a lot of that is, you know, falls on kind of a senior position, but it's like, yeah, I was definitely contributing a lot less in, in terms of code wise, but I was also working, um, you know, I, I think I was helping us to maintain like pretty good practices there. So maybe you'll find yourself doing some of that as well. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and Kaylin, what about you? What you got? Um, what are you proud of the past couple of weeks? Oh, just everything. No. Yeah. Um, so I think I was thinking about this and um, work has been quite busy for the probably the past month and a half, which has been great. Um, and so in my role as an agile coach, generally we work with teams that are product teams. So maybe they have like a, a platform that they're, they're responsible for, or maybe it's an API in Diego's case, but generally they contribute towards, um, a product and it's these traditional teams that generally have like maybe dev QA design. Um, but over the past month, I've had the opportunity to work with and start working with, um, like non-traditional product teams, um, or non-traditional like is in there not doing software products. So I had the opportunity to work pretty closely with um, a hardware team at our organization, specifically um, the team who developed our camera and, and 
really helped them to kind of inspect a partnership that they took on um, to develop that camera. And so that was super interesting. And um, the second team that I mentioned is I've started working with the marketing team. And um, I mentioned this before, but I think teams that have no exposure to coaching in terms of their processes and efficiency and being able to reflect those initial steps sometimes are the most impactful. So I think um, working with the hardware team is really interesting because I think um, it's rare that they have the opportunity to collaborate with somebody on this and it's quite an undertaking. So it's helpful to have somebody step in, but I think it um, also just kind of brings to light for them, the utility that my, my team in the organization could have for them. And same with marketing. Um, Some of the initial steps that we've taken, which specifically we're, we're working towards, basically just moving them onto a project management platform, but, but they don't have typical things like, um, a scrum team might have like a retrospective where we actually look back on the work that we've done and try to figure out how it's going. They don't do things like that. So even just the first step of like hosting their first retrospective in terms of what their process is like is a big deal for them because it's also just a space that's never been fully created on their team for them to be able to have those conversations. So I think overall, what I'm most proud of is being able to kind of like extend this practice beyond typical product teams, because I think for me, like I I've ended up in the position of an agile coach because I like to help people. I like to bring people together. I like to work on processes. I'm pretty passionate about putting things on platforms and making them, you know, like, um, like repeatable processes that, um, can exist for a long time within teams. But I think that extends way beyond just our traditional product teams. And so, yeah, it's been nice to have that diversity and also um, just to show the utility of what um, someone like me can bring to um, different kinds of teams. So that's probably been the most interesting thing. Um, And I'm excited to just keep collaborating with more, I'm going to call them obscure teams, even though they're not obscure as teams, but just things that are outside of the realm of what would generally be expected um, from a role like mine. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Super cool. I can mention that by working the same company, I've been in in conversations with teams um, more than twice at this point that I've heard the teams that Kaylin have worked with being like extremely, extremely thankful by her contribution that they feel like, oh, we have done so much improvements thanks to just all these changes. So like, yeah, like props to you. Like it's like, it's very nice to hear like those teams feeling that they're moving forward thanks to just like something that is just just not code or shipping. It's just literally processes being improved. Yeah, that's amazing. It's kind of cool that you get a little uh, sneaky spy in the company to hear some some good things about you. (laughs) (laughs) But will he tell me the bad things? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. This is an honest relationship. It's all cleared up now. Uh, great. Well, I don't know. That seems like a pretty good spot to end us off. Maybe if, uh, you guys want to tell us where people can like find you online, if you're sharing your story in that way, uh, I don't know. Um, Gabby. Uh, yeah, sure. You can find me on Twitter at Gabby writes code. Uh, that's G A B Y, uh, writes code. Awesome. Diego. Uh, yeah, same, man. Every single platform is like Diego Lamagno. Uh, probably just go to the show notes because my last name is a little bit complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and yeah, Kaylin, why don't you take us out here with where you can find our stuff? Yeah, for sure. So you can find us on workpalspodcast.com um, or on Twitter at workpals. All right. See you later, everyone. Awesome. Take Bye. care. Bye.